Hello, and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone Rochefort. Oh, and this episode is brought to you by DoorDash and Smile and Top 4 here on the Relay Network. Wow. Now, back to the important thing. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a senior video producer at Polygon. I make YouTube videos that you might have seen and enjoyed. I'm 30 years old. I live here in New York City. I enjoy my life. I'm enjoyed I'm joined by my co-host tonight, Christina Warren, senior cloud developer advocate, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, uh, executive director of Rebellion Pack as well. But <laughs> enough about them. Let's continue back to me. Do you know what my favorite part of doing the show is? So, you know, like Heidi Cruz, the group chat, like destroyed, destroyed her life, right? <laughs> the stuff that's yeah. in our pre-show recording that we oh, talk totally. about, it could destroy any one of us at this point. Point, it's yeah, just totally. mutually assured destruction, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Stop also threatening like, me. <laughs> I mean, look, I know, I know my stuff, right? Like when I saw the Heidi Cruz like group chat thing, I was like, yeah, that's why you don't say that stuff in group chats with people you don't know and trust, right? You were like, right. this could be me. Oh, no, it couldn't well, be. I, you, it would be no better. I mean, yeah. it could be me, except I don't. Well. I don't, I hope people don't hate me that much. Like, I don't think that that, I mean, that's the you big thing, right? You are not Heidi that, Cruz. That's a very good point. A salient point that you've raised, Christina. <laughs> Thank you for making me consider it. We have a very exciting show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking briefly about some N- Nintendo Switch rumors. I think mostly just to say that they exist and we want yeah. more of them. Uh, and then mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about the announcement of the Sonos Rome uh, speaker I almost forgot the word for speaker there. We're going to talk about our smooth pandemic brains briefly. I actually do want to talk about that. And then uh, a new books (laughs) e-reader review from Christina. And then, of course, for our dessert, we will be covering, just like every other podcast you've listened to this week, (laughs) the interview uh, that happened this week. Oprah's interview with Harry and Meghan on CBS. Or was it CBS Plus? Or was it Paramount Plus? Or was it... Oh, no, it wasn't. It was not Paramount Plus. It was we'll specifically talk about that part, not oh Paramount Plus. Oh, my God. Y'all said the interview was topic number three. And I thought you meant Anna Delvey. That podcast interview that came out. So I spent 40 minutes <laughs> cramming for that. But I'm good because I know all the royal stuff. Anyway. I was going to say, so, yeah, the Anna yeah. Delvey thing is fine. But no, it's, it's, it's the royal like, stuff. Yeah, there's not much new news there. So There's okay. not. Okay, okay, okay. All Woo. right. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> so we are experiencing incremental <laughs> leaks of Nintendo Switch rumors. This latest one is from Bloomberg. Uh, reporting that the Nintendo Switch 2, the Nintendo Switch Pro, whatever it is, it hasn't been announced yet, will have larger OLED panels. And Bloomberg is also saying it will be announced this year. Da-da-da-da! Now, uh, the pieces I read about this did point out that Nintendo did not announce the Switch Lite before it came out. They didn't announce the uh, refreshed Nintendo Switch before it came out. So it's not necessarily like pointing one direction or another that Nintendo hasn't said anything about the Switch 2 or the Switch Pro. Again, whatever it may be, we don't know. It's infuriating. Switch Plus. (laughs) Switch X. (laughs) Um, Hopefully they'll give it a nice, normal name. 
Um, I have previously banned the use of the letter X in in uh, tech releases, so they definitely are not going to go with that. We've we've discussed right. it already. Me and Doug Bowser are cool there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have you guys heard about the Nintendo next Nintendo Switch? And do you think it's likely that it will be this year? Oh, uh, yeah, I think this year is likely. The only thing I think that could get in the way would be COVID. Uh, you know, obviously it slowed down manufacturing worldwide. I think, you know, we all love the Switch. I assume it's everyone here's favorite yeah. system that they own. But, you know, the hardware itself has a lot of issues. Uh, you know, the screen scratches more easily than, you know, Steve Jobs carrying, uh, you know, his keys in his <laughs> pocket with the first gen iPhone <laughs> before he decided to make it glass. Uh, it's just terrible. Uh, the Joy-Con drift, we've talked about that a lot. Uh, you know, the battery life could certainly be better. And, you know, frankly, screen tech technology is a little bit dated. So I feel like there's a ton of work they can do on that. And you know, this is what Nintendo does. They tend to refresh their hardware. So uh, 100% believe it's coming. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the rumors that have come out like from Bloomberg make a lot of sense. Um, and it seems like it would be a fairly minor upgrade. Like it seems like it would be, okay, you would have um, a, a new OLED display that'd be slightly larger. And Bloomberg is reporting that one of the reasons that would be happening would be because Samsung has been trying to sell these rigid OLED um, panels, but um, has had a hard time doing it. So maybe Samsung is going to be like, hey, we'll cut you a deal so you can take these these um, um, mm-hmm. slightly larger OLED panels. Like th- that I think makes sense. So it would be, you know, 6.2 inches versus 5.5. There's also some talk that there might be like 4K in the dock mode. Which on that end, I think that if they were using a slightly new variant of of you know Nvidia makes the the bulk hardware in that and, and Nvidia has a technology called DLSS, which basically allows for kind of like um, AI upscaling of content. And so if the new version of the the Tegra or whatever um, you know chip in the inside could uh, do some DLSS stuff, then I could see them saying, okay, and you can get 4K you know dock output. The rest of the stuff seems fairly consistent, which for me, if they're going to release it this year, makes sense. Because I feel like if you want to release like a Switch 2 or something else and, and kind of really make it like a big upgrade for develop for game developers and for existing buyers, you're going to need more than just a bigger screen and, um, you know, maybe some slightly better battery life. But if you're looking at like, okay, this is maybe the closer to the tail end of the platform for this generation we want to find a way to improve some things because we can, because it's now been um, four years and we can get better pricing on stuff and, and we can get these screens at a cheaper price. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, do you think they would bifurcate their, their dev base like that? Like I, I do like, I mean, I'm thinking about the historical context of this. You, you had the Game Boy Color that came out where it was like an extra mode. Simone, can you jog my memory? Didn't they do something like this with the new 3DS at they some did. point? I, that, that's, yeah. that's what I was going to say, uh, yeah, actually. The, the, new, 3DS. the new 3DS. The 3DS and the yeah, 3DS uh, Yeah, Excel. it was literally called the new 3DS. <laughs> what it a nightmare. It, yeah, it was the new 3DS. Yeah, I mean, the way that I would see it, to be honest, would be, and I don't know how they would do the 4K, I would kind of assume that they would be having the 4K be upscaled, like just by AI, if that's what they're going to do, if that rumor is correct. I don't, so I don't know if that would actually change anything from the developer base. I think this would just mean that you have a bigger screen um, on the, on the console and, and maybe some slightly newer hardware internals. 
at least based on everything that I've read, right? Because it would still be like a 720p panel on on the on the device itself, which is fine. You, I, I don't think you need anything more than that on the handheld itself. Um, but I don't know if if they need um, like I feel I feel like if they're going to do like a real overhaul that could wait like because you know they had that they had the 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 um ds then they had the 3ds then they had the new 3ds and they had the 3ds yes, xl, 3DS XL. <laughs> you know yeah so the, they, they they do have a history of terrible naming that was over a really long time and that's why i kind of feel like i i don't know if this year is going to be the year uh, and obviously i don't have any insight into nintendo supply chain but we did just have the model refresh in 2019 uh, I just had to check on that to make sure yeah. that I was not hallucinating. With better battery life. Uh, with better battery life. And they were still selling bundles of the original model because they still had stock of that. So, like, wh- I remember when you when there were bundles that were on sale, it was always like, okay, and which one is it? Oh, it's the original model because they're trying to get right. rid of that. Um, I yeah. sort of feel like it is too close to the refresh. Um, and I, I don't know. The timing feels weird to me, especially with the pandemic kind of – uh, slowing production. I feel like this yeah. isn't going to be the year. I if it know. is I mean, the year, the, it'll be late in the year. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it'd be late in the year. I mean, I think it'd be like a November thing. It'd be a holiday thing. Um, I, I don't know. The reason I, I'm inclined to believe it is because the Bloomberg reporters who reported this are supply chain reporters. Yeah. So that gives me credence to thinking, okay, they've made some sort of tie-up deal with Samsung for these displays. What it'll look like, I don't know. Um I but I, I my 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 gut feeling tells me this isn't going to be like the big upgrade refresh that people are expecting. This gotcha. would more be like 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 a talk. Like that's why I, I keep thinking like maybe it'd be like a instead of like the switch light, it'd be like a switch plus or something. Okay. Well, we kind of made that more than a an extra topic, but that's great because that's what you're here for. Uh and it, I think it's a good time for me to let you know that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. If you're feeling like you've got too much to do and not enough time, ah, if you're wondering how you can claw back some time but don't know where to start, Text Expander is your answer. Text Expander helps you work faster and smarter so you can focus your time on your most important work. With just a few keystrokes, Text Expander keeps you consistent, accurate, and working efficiently. With Text Expander in tow, you can speed through emails in a fraction of the time, expand forms with fill in the blank fields using a quick abbreviation, save serious time by storing and expanding phrases you type frequently, get your message right every time by expanding content that corrects your spelling, and keeps your language consistent with just a few keystrokes. Uh, th- this is on my mind recently because I do keep having, I feel like I'm making more typos and not just like re- misspelling typos, but like word substitution typos. <laughs> I feel like this is happening to me more and more frequently, frequently when I type and it's disturbing to me. So getting my words right is very appealing. Uh, if you haven't tried text expander yet, you need to do it. Now and there's no better time than now because Rocket listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just go to textexpander.com/podcast. That is again textexpander.com/podcast to get 20% off your first year. Our thanks to Text Expander and Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
Yeah. Now let's get into our first topic. <laughs> ah, Sonos announced a new portable speaker called the Sonos Roam, shipping April 20th, starting at 169 So this is a portable battery-powered speaker, and it's Sonos's second attempt at making a portable product following the Sonos Move. It is notably a smaller attempt than the Sonos Move, which was criticized for being uh, larger than most portable speakers. Uh, it will use Sonos's TruePlay feature, which uh, changes the audio depending on the environment that the speaker is in. And over Wi-Fi, you can pair two rooms uh, to use as a speaker pair. But that will not work with audio played over Bluetooth. It's also apparently dust and water resistant, and it's got silicon ends that uh, aid in drop protection. The question that no one has an answer to is, how good does it sound and how good can it sound at the wee little size that it is? Christina, I know you were quite excited uh, about this announcement. I know you are a Sonos fan. How I are am. you feeling about this? No, I mean, so I'm like really close to pre-ordering it, but then I'm kind of like, eh, just wait for the reviews. But um, no, I think that the, the size looks great. Like it looks a lot like a UE Boom, and this is going to be the big test. So for years and years, the Ultimate Ears um, uh, UE Boom or UE Boom 2 that uh, is made by by Ultimate Ears or, or Logitech, I guess, has been like the like de facto portable Bluetooth speaker. Like that is the go-to. Um, and, and that is the one that um, like I have um used um for for years like my bathroom and other places and they're they're really really good it's waterproof it's portable it has a good battery life it sounds really good like they're expensive but they're really nice uh and so this is clearly to me like this looks like this would be something that would be able to potentially take that on but with the added benefit of not just being bluetooth but also being wireless meaning that it it supports airplay too so you can use it with all of your AirPlay 2 devices, but it can also be used to pair with your other Sonos speakers and you can and you can pass stuff off to it. So what could be cool, like what I, I was excited about this and, and The Verge um, confirmed with Sonos that they would be doing this would be, okay, so if you have a, 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 a turntable that has Bluetooth on it, which is not uncommon, especially at the lower end for turntables these days, or if you have a higher end turntable and you, really have a, cool. a, and you have a Bluetooth auxiliary adapter, you could connect it to your you know, Sonos Roam and then get, you know, um, wireless that way over Bluetooth. Here's where it gets cool. If you have other Sonos speakers in your house or apartment, that Sonos could then pass off your turntable stuff to other rooms in your house where your other mm. Sonos speakers are. So it's because right now, if you want to bring a, a, a turntable to the Sonos ecosystem, what you really have to do is you need to spend um, $500 to get, um, either like a, a, a Sonos, um, connector or, 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 um, amp or, uh, would that not completely change the quality of the record though, to be playing it wirelessly over, over, over a wireless speaker? Like with, I mean, I, yeah. I, the convenience of having your music that you're listening to be in whatever room is non-negotiable. Like that's a fact. However, if you're listening to a turntable, doesn't that completely oh, yeah. change it? It does, right? No, you're you're exactly right. But I think that for people who want that sort of experience and who are already like me, looking at spending a significant amount of money to find a way to wirelessly spread it across, and like you're looking like, okay, I've got to spend, you know, I've got to buy the port or the connect, or I've got to get the the Sonos Five, which has like the what can have a direct connection to it, so I can wirelessly transfer it. Like that's one of those things where you're like, well, that that gets expensive. 
Whereas you could say, okay, I could have a nice pair of powered speakers if I wanted to, but I could also pair it with this Bluetooth and have it spread throughout my house or apartment for convenience. Mm -hmm. I think that it just depends on what you're doing. Like if you're primarily listening to your turntable because you want like the most high fidelity sound, you're dead on. But I think that for people who want the convenience and who might, like for me, this is just one of the use cases I'm looking at. I'm like, oh, this would be a really nice way to connect a turntable to the other, you know, Sonos's throughout the apartment. So like as than, you're moving around, primarily being exactly. in the room where the turntable is, but perhaps going yeah, to the you bathroom. Wanna, <laughs> exactly. Or, or being in the other room or something, right? Like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's smart though. Even if you don't use it for that, I think the, the downside of the, of the last one, the move was that you had to use one model, one mode or the other. You had to use the wireless or the Bluetooth. You couldn't use them at the same time. Yeah. This is going to let you use it at the same time. It has, um, airplay to support. I think as long as the sound is, you know, able to, to be like, like I said, the, the real, like test here is going to be the UE boom. Like that's really what they're going to be going against. And I feel like if they can um, go against like the boom three, um, which is $150. Mm-hmm. So if they can, if they can be close to that, um, I feel like this, this is a really good thing for anybody who's either in the Sonos ecosystem or the, um, you know, airplay ecosystem for, for that matter. So help me understand this. You know, they had this, I don't want to call it a scandal, but certainly a consumer blowback earlier. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess it was last year from deprecating old things and kind of a way that they, they shut down the old speaker in a way that was not environmentally friendly. That So, I mean, I've never understood the appeal of this brand. And it's it's... I've been wrong about so many things, but when I think about my use case, just being honest straight up, when I'm listening to music and stuff, I'm either on AirPods or if I'm watching a YouTube video, it's just playing on my iPhone like 99% of the time. I mean, what is the, you know, if I want really good music, then, you know, I would probably use my HomePod, like the real one, not the mini. What is the (laughs) advantage of something like this? the entire Sonos lineup, like, I just don't get it. Like it's HomePod wireless. is good. Right. Well, it, it, well, a, it, it predates the HomePod by about 12 or 13 years. So okay. that's number one. So it, you know, it, it arguably invented the market that HomePod entered. Um, so that's number one. Uh, and, and for people who, especially people, you know, who don't like wires and, and don't have the, the room or the ability to want to have, you know, speakers set up everywhere. It's nice because you can have them grouped into different ways and you can play multiple sound sources from multiple speakers. So you can have one thing playing in your living room, another in your kitchen, another in your bedroom. Um, and you can do that all through, you know, their app, their controller. Uh, you're right. They had, we talked about it when it happened, you know, the, the blowback they got from the way that they handled the, um, uh, you know, like recycling thing. They did like go back on that and they were like, okay, we're not going to brick things that you recycle. They did though deprecate, you know, certain versions of their of their devices. Many of them were a decade old, you know, and say, okay, they're not going to get the latest software updates. So they did do that. And, and that's something people, you know, just keep in mind. Although at this point, my my honest thought is like, okay, it, it's really hard to find any tech product that is still going to be getting consistent updates after a decade plus. I mean, some of the things that they got rid of were like 14 years old. It's like, okay, you know, it's, so it, it's what would the advantage of this be versus say a home pod? Well, you have more options, right? So the home pod, you have a home pod or a home pod mini. And right. 
Apple also, until very recently, it's only let you use it with, you know, Apple Music. You can now have other sources, but it's still not great. This will work with any source. It also, they have like really nice soundbars. If you're looking at getting a soundbar, like the the Sono soundbar is really, really good. And so that's a way where you can add that to your system and then everything is still wirelessly together. Um, I mean, there are competitors, but you have a lot more options with the Sonos ecosystem than what Apple offers. And then you have the advantage if you are a, a HomePod person, um, then you can actually, because it is AirPlay 2, you can group them together. So you can still use, like you can still make them, you know, kind of interact together and, and, and you know, send things to one another the same way. You can still send audio to a Sonos the same way you could send it to a HomePod. Um, and, and you can even like have them in the same kind of group, so to speak, if you wanted to. But I mean, they're, they're very similar. I think for, for me, they're both more and less expensive because on the higher end, they're more expensive. On the lower end to get in, you know, they're, they're less expensive. Uh, the HomePod mini is a good starting point, but like, it's not like Apple doesn't make a soundbar. So, like, if you want a soundbar, talking soundbars, actually, what I want to know what soundbars you guys both have because I've been, I've been out of control again a little bit. (laughs) We'll talk about my (laughs) lighting situation and the uh, and what we're doing this week. But since we are talking about uh, audio here, Christina, do you have the Sonos soundbar? And if not, which one do you have? I do. So I have I have the the Sonos. um, What is it? It's the is it the Play Bar or a different one? Yeah, I have I have I have the I have the uh the play bar. Um okay. and um I like that a lot. And then I also have I have like a cheap um uh no, do I have the play bar? The no, arc I have the uh, bar? Yeah, I have gotcha. the arc. That's what it is. I have the arc. Um so uh but but the beam is is a good kind of um entry level kind of option too, but I have the arc, but I also have like a very cheap uh just like Yamaha or no, it's Eclipse. I have like Eclipse two point one soundbar. And what do you have, Brie? I would love to tell you that I'm extra like Christina Warren, but unfortunately, I just use the TV speakers. I'm in the same boat this. as you. I'm in the same yeah. boat as you. That's yeah, fine. I'm basic. I'm trashy. Uh, no, it's like now that I have a house, uh, I, I've i always wanted to like build a, a true surround sound system. It's one of those projects that just keeps getting put off. So this is a good uh, impetus to do this. Our soundbars are, I mean, they can't be as good as like a dedicated surround sound system, can they? No, but you you can pair them with it. Like, that's the nice thing. Like, it does give you that whole ambient experience. But like, this is what I like about like the Sonos thing, again, is that you can have two rear speakers and pair them if you wanted to. Like, and you can even put put a sub with it. Yeah. Like if you wanted to, like you could make it a whole thing. Like they, they, they sell like, like they sell a bundle for instance, where you can get like the sub and you can get a beam, you can get, um, um, the, the generation three sub and you can get a pair of the SLs for like $1,300. And that's going to give you a very, very nice. Have you tried the Roku soundbar at all? I haven't, but I would, I would be, I'd be very interested in it because I feel like they do a good job. Vizio does a good job. Like there are like, like to be clear, like I've spent way too much on my, my soundbar, but, um, uh, and I actually don't have the arc. I have the beam. That's the, oh, you do have have the the beam. beam. Okay. I have the beam. So the beam is $400. The arc is the one that's $800 for listeners. Um, and the play bar is the older model. Okay. This is interesting. This gives me something to go off of. Any further thoughts on the Sonos Rome? I just feel like I was like poor speaker shamed here. And no, I just, uh, I, no I'm with you. Solidarity. Now. Yes. <laughs> hey, now this episode of Rocket is brought to you by DoorDash. Dinner, check. 
Deodorant? Check. Actually, not. Uh Uh-oh. Morning pick-me-up from Duncan? Check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. This has been a brutal reminder for me. (laughs) DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door, and now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash, too. Don't be like your pal Simone and wake up tomorrow morning and open your deodorant to find that it's worn down to a rough nub. Get drinks, snacks, and other household (laughs) items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with contactless delivery drop-off. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. Uh, We know our own Christina Warren severely loves and use i yeah you both do actually you're both dashing except not Mm -hmm. because you're not leaving your homes uh what uh what's your favorite food to order brie uh chipotle yeah i love chipotle it's relatively healthy for uh fast food and you know it it doesn't matter how many times i eat it it's always good delish For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code ROCKET2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code ROCKET2021. Don't forget that's code ROCKET2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, we're going to have another review from Christina. I'm sorry, when when I planned this show today, when we planned this show today, Christina, when we planned this show, I did not quite realize how uh, heavy this would be on your particular expertise. <laughs> no, and I'm sorry that I'm talking so much. No, I love it. But guess what, listeners? Uh, Christina has obtained the uh, Color E-Ink tablet from Books, the Nova 3 Color. Um And previously, we had reviewed a different books e-reader. This was a brand that I was not familiar with. Um, So, and I'm always very excited to hear about alternatives to popular Amazon items. I think the Kindle is probably one of the most popular tablets out there, if not the most popular one. Um, And I had not heard of books, so I was very excited to hear about this. That's books with an X, B-O-O-X. Uh, and Christina, is this the one that they actually sent you? Because I know you had yes. talked about them sending you one. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So they actually, so I've actually, it's interesting because since we last talked, because I bought the the Note Air and um, they sent me, um, uh, or they, they let me hand off, they let me um, uh, review the Max Lumi, which is like the giant, like 12.9 inch, like one, which is great. This is brand new though. This is um, available now. It is called the... Um, Onyx um, Books Nova 3 Color. And so they came up with the Nova 3 in the fall, and then this is the color version. So it's it's one of the... I, there are only a handful of color e-ink tablets out there. And this one is really cool because it is not only um, color e-ink, but it also supports uh, a, a tab, like, like uh, note-taking stylus stuff. So... Um, I like it. I, so it's, it's a little bit expensive. It's, it's, uh, $420, although that is priced, I think in line with other, um, types of devices like this, 
what's exciting for me mo- more than kind of anything else is just seeing like the evolution of color e-ink. I this is the first color e-ink device that I have ever reviewed. Uh and but I've been seeing e-ink the company show off their screens about trying to get to this color space at CES for years and and they finally have made some um advancements there. So like it's using this uh Kaleido Plus color filter array on top of their e-ink Carta HD screen. And so um, the resolution when it's on black and white is 300 um, PPI, which is about the same as what you would get on any other Kindle or e-ink device. And then the the color uh, resolution is um, uh, 100 PPI, but it can display um, 4,096 colors. Sorry, I'm just looking at uh, mm-hmm. my notes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a... Uh, it's a nice kind of feel like it, it feels like, you know, it's not the thinnest, uh, I guess, like e-reader in the world, but it feels good. Like it feels uh, like it's, you're not going to be afraid of, you know, putting it in a bag or, or taking it with you. It has a nice kind of grippable, like kind of back, kind of smooth, kind of plastic. Um, it very much, you know, looks and feels like like a, any sort of Kindle would. The difference being, of course, that it is... Um, e-ink and now it's color at that so you have the options like you can read obviously any of your black and white stuff on it um and and it has like kind of a a side kind of front lit screen but it also has this color component which is really cool and the color is is nice it's not going to be as vivid or as bright as oled or lcd obviously but i'm impressed by where we're at with color e-ink so far. Yeah, it's uh, interesting because one of the criticisms that I had read, I think, in the Gizmodo review mm-hmm. is that because this has the stylus uh, surface as well, the surface that uh, enables stylus support, it's not quite as bright or as uh, vivid, I guess, as colors on the pocketbook ink pad. Um, right. Do you think that that trade-off is worth it in terms of like wanting to use a stylus on your uh, reader tablet when I know you have an iPad and other devices that have stylus support. Yeah, so that's interesting. So I haven't used that that Poke um, e um, reader, which uh, which Andrew at Gizmodo uh, reviewed. I so I, I'm not sure they use the same screen, but as he said, the difference is it's this, the books has this you know um, like Wacom um, layer on top of it. I think that for me. Having the stylus support is really nice, especially if you do want to take notes and kind of make it, especially kind of when you give in the price point, I think it kind of makes it a little bit more robust to have it there. But I think that would have to be up to an individual. Like if you don't think you're ever going to take notes on something, you might want to look at that other device. What's the storage situation for the stylus? Oh, so that's the only thing that I kind of is kind of annoying is that it it's it comes with a stylus and it's an it's a very serviceable stylus, but there's no way to store it like on the device itself. Okay. So you would need to get a case, you know, that would have like a slot for it. Like that, that, that does is kind seem of like a little bit annoying to me. Totally. Like I would like stylus support to, I guess, circle words and make my research on Ernest Hemingway increasingly easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, however. I think that would be super annoying to have to have to find a way to store that and potentially be like carrying it around in my purse or whatever. Right. No, you're dead on. Like you would definitely you would want to get some sort of like, you know, case for this that had like a little like um loop for your stylus. That's what you would want to do if you were gotcha. going to do something like this. That makes sense. 
So the main feature for you know an e-ink device is obviously the the lack of eye strain, right? Mm-hmm. Like your your eyes kind of hurt from looking at a screen all day long. This feels more like you're looking at paper. What is the? I mean, it's just I'm trying to imagine it. So is it is it like a Kindle, but it's displaying that kind of soft color feel to it? I mean, what is, how do you describe what color e-ink screen looks like? Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's like a Kindle, but it is, you know, it's got, it's got color support and now it's not going to be as high resolution, obviously as, as the black and white, but it has color support. So you, it has, you know, supports, you know, um, uh, I'm not sure like what, what the bit setting is, but it, but it supports color. So for instance, where this is really nice and where I've been playing with it for the last uh, week or so has been with graphic novels. So this is a really great way to read oh, comics. Wow. Yeah. Because like when you do uh, Kindle all the time, like it's offering manga and it's like, uh, exactly. I don't want to see this in black and white. I still exactly. feel like if I were going to read a comic book, I would do that on my iPad just in terms of like screen yeah. real estate. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. And I think that that is probably the, the hardest thing about a product like this is that it's not as good as an iPad, both in mm-hmm. terms of screen responsiveness and clarity. But it also has like the, you know, the things like the battery life and the ease on your eyes and yeah. just kind of the, the coolness of the tech. And, and I think there are definitely other things like when I'm reading uh, my like books I get from the library that are historical that include photos in them. They turn into little nightmares when I'm in dark mode because I, I read in dark mode to save right. my eyes at night. Um, and then the photos become like that inverse effect. Uh, so I, I can see a situation like that where even if you're not reading a comic book, there might be still something in color that you would like to to see properly. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, but but I think that for a lot of people, like if, if you know, your primary thing, like depending on what you're doing with it, you know, I think an iPad is probably going to be more versatile. But I still really like these, and I like what they're doing with the technology. Yeah, um, I think and the I technology say, is really cool. Um, and I have to say, like, and it's impressive to me that you know you have this device that okay, yes, it's expensive, but it is about the same size as a Kindle. I can write on it. It has good stylus support. It, uh, you know, the the interface is good. It supports Google Play, so you can or you can sideload if you wanted to do that. So it supports Android things. So you basically have this very broad ecosystem of stuff. It has a built-in e-reader and, and stuff too. Um, and it's color all in like kind of one device. Uh, is it like the perfect device? No, but I, I feel like it's, uh, I'm impressed with how far it's come. I wasn't expecting to like this as much as I have, but I've been, because now that WandaVision is over, I've been kind of going back and trying to read mm-hmm. some of the the comics and <laughs> stuff. Cool. And and this has been a really nice way to do that. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they continue to do with the next versions of of color e ink, and I do feel like now that this is the third books prop um, uh, books uh, like device that I've used, I have to say like I I like their interface. I think that they update their their software pretty regularly. They have a lot of features. Uh, I for my like value for me like I feel like the Note Air, which is the one that I bought um, at the end of the year for pure note taking type of thing. I really mm-hmm. still feel like that's perfect. But this is this is a nice device. I mean it's it gives you that kind of if you want so, if you want like something that's Kindle size but you want to be able to write on it and you would like color e-ink, this is definitely worth checking out. So, I think I'm excited to see where that technology is going. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it's only going to get better. Like when we look for at sure. cuz I was watching some videos when we look at like what was available a year ago versus what is now available. 
it's already really improved. So (laughs) it's moving really quickly, which is really awesome because we were in this point of stasis, to be honest, for a really long time with e-ink where there wasn't really anything happening. And now we've had this interesting kind of subculture kind of renaissance of both on the the note-taking side, you know, from uh, companies like Remarkable and obviously books. And um, now, you know, with more of the the color e-ink stuff coming out with like the poke and now this this uh, um, books, uh, Nova 3. So uh, it's, it's nice as like a nerd to see e-ink getting. <laughs> I just it's, had this like, fantasy moment of like what if apple released an e-ink <laughs> yeah i don't think they would because i don't think they, is, would they don't care about but i would love that like that would be really cool to be honest i would love that um that being said i'm happy to see these uh, smaller brands uh getting stepping into this space because i think it's a really cool space to be in um and i am excited to see people reading and caring about looking at books Hey now, any final thoughts on that? No. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Top 4 from Relay FM. Yeah. Hey now, if you like this show, there's a good chance that you'll like Top 4. Top 4 is a monthly show about opinions, lists, and loosely held rules. That does sound like this show. From milk yeah. to music to Pringles to woodland creatures, hosts Tiff and Marco Armand can make a top four list out of anything. <sighs> anything. And it will probably make you delightfully furious. The glory of Top 4 is that you can just start listening to any episode, no context needed, instant coffee, card games, TV couples, Pop-Tarts, misheard Eddie Vedder lyrics, so all of Eddie Vedder's lyrics, nothing is off limits for Top 4. Nothing can escape Marco and Tiff's hilarious judgments. So Top 4 is obviously our sibling show here on Relay FM. Uh, We're doing these cross promos to support our sibling shows, and we think they're fun and I love Tiff and Marco. So if you like a little bit of Xanity, which is a word that I just made up that's like zany, <laughs> but like. And insanity and no, Xanity. I like it. Like, not like that, but what's it What's it called? Um, no, there's another specific word that I'm thinking. Inanity. That's what it is. Inanity. Oh, zany and I like inanity. that. Zany. Zany and inanity. I like that. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> maybe Tiff and Marco will rate words that I make up. <laughs> Indulge oh, in the randomness. Go to relay.fm slash top four or search for top four wherever you get your podcasts. I know for me it's overcast. So <laughs> thanks, Marco, for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's again, relay.fm slash top four. F-O-U-R. Alrighty. Oh, and real quick correction. I yeah. kept calling it the poke. It wasn't the poke ebook. It is the pocket um ink or pocketbook ink color. Sorry, that's I think the you other only said it once, color one. So and I uh, said uh, it correctly uh. just before that. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the entire internet was shaken to its core this week by Oprah's interview on CBS with <gasps> uh the Sussexes, Harry and Megan. Um, this was their like first huge interview after leaving the royal family officially at the beginning of 2020, which, <laughs> as you know, was five years ago. Um, and they're opening up about a lot of, I guess, the the rumors that have been flying around their leaving, and a, a lot of, frankly, I guess, the narrative uh, that was considered 
true about their leaving the royal family. Um, and I experienced it firstly. I have watched it now, but the first time I experienced it was by logging onto Twitter <laughs> completely ignorantly <laughs> thinking this'll be a normal night and finding it my was own. a wild Sunday. My whole timeline was, like, was on what fire. What talking about? Everyone's so angry. I've never wow. felt more left out in my life. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say like you guys, like this is one of those things where I can't remember the last time. Well, it was probably an Oprah interview. It was, being honest, yeah, it was must tune in TV. It, it totally was. And like Twitter completely took over. Like it was one of those things where everybody was talking about it the next day. Like it's just, 17.1 million people watched CBS. That's nuts. CBS. And that's just the initial one. That's not even the repeats. The I know. Next day. I know. And and, right. and that that's not even like on that, the that's online, not even online or on like demand. The one that I gave them today. <laughs> I know. I was going to say that's literally just people who watched like either they logged into like their cable uh, account or their Paramount Plus account uh, to stream it live, <laughs> or they watched on terrestrial TV. This isn't people who watched on demand or you know, did like another online way afterwards. Like this is like, and it was, uh, I think before it aired in the UK as well. Uh Uh-huh. And it was also, okay, so this was, let's talk a little bit about the logistics of this first, because there were so many weird choices. Uh, The one I saw most talked about at the time on Twitter was the fact that it was time-locked. So it aired Mm -hmm. on the East Coast and the West Coast had to wait for it. Yeah, I know, which was so annoying. Uh, because, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it was one of those things where after the fact, somebody was like, oh, you should have just, you know, used my channels or whatever. And I was like, well, you tell me this now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. So so Oprah is the goat, right? Like, and o- Oprah is nobody's, like, fool. Like, Oprah is so freaking smart. So this is what's is insane to me. So this happened to coincide with CBS launching or relaunching Paramount Plus, which is the rebranded version of CBS All Access. And they're doing this massive push for it where they're making the freaking 60 Minutes anchors pimp this thing. They're making poor Gail King, all these people pimp this thing. And they got me to give them $50, which I'm so mad about. But they had like a deal where it was like 50% off for a year or whatever. I was like, fine, here's $50. I'll get the the back catalog of NCIS or whatever. But I also thought I was like, oh, but I'll be able to watch the the interview on demand no no see oprah because she's a genius she sold the rights to cbs for eight million dollars but that didn't include the streaming rights <gasps> oh so the streaming rights were would happen in through on demand or on hulu not through paramount plus now if i'm cbs i'm like just give oprah another three or four million dollars and lock that up because this is great promo for your service that you're launching. I saw so many people talking about that as well, that like the interview ends and you're on Paramount Plus, this new streaming service and the interview is gone. Yep. Yeah, that seems completely wild to me. Um, Weirdly, I was able to go. So you uh, we are family, as you know, Christina. Um, Maybe it's because I was already logged into your Xfinity, but I just went to the CBS website and I watched it without even no, having to exactly. log in. Is it up there now for free? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I don't know. I think I think maybe you maybe you already knew you were logged in and you could do it. But yeah, the CBS website, if you were like a cable subscriber or whatever, like they would let you do that. And they might have even put it up for free for everyone. I don't know. But definitely if you were a cable subscriber like you and I both are. Yes. Uh, uh, then you could watch it from the CBS website or app. Um, or, or Because I think I'm also your on cool Hulu. aunt who is financially yes, exactly. supported by you. 
So I want to talk about the substance. Of All right, let's move on to because, the substance. <laughs> um, y'all, I had no idea that the British monarchy was racist. What? <laughs> that, was, that was super shocking to me because I grew up in Mississippi and we had no history education uh, there. So, um, no, I, in all seriousness, I mean, this was... Yeah, I think the most interesting part of this was the the very different reaction that Britain is having to this yeah. in America. Because I think, I think you know, here in America, we're we're finally, though imperfectly and certainly not completely, but finally starting to have a, a conversation about structural racism, and you know, particularly in our institutions. So. I, I think if you're talking about mental health and suicidal ideation and, you know, kind of these these racist comments by family members, we're like, we're Americans. We're like, yeah, we, we, we get that. That's credible. Mm -hmm. We know that happens. Uh, you know, then you flip that to the the temper tantrum Pierce Morgan had this week, which <laughs> I was... I love that. Uh, I didn't. I thought it was obnoxious for him to put himself in the no, middle. No, no, I know. I, lo yeah. I love that he's no longer on Good Morning Britain. I, like, I like that. I like no, that. That's I don't like that. I was going to parlay this into some kind of like sick yeah. media yeah. deal on a right wing network and But he was already on a right wing network. He was on a, he was on a Murdoch network. He was on ITV. Like, yeah, but I mean, you can always get work. You can always go to like whatever the English equivalent of One America News is. I guess. I don't know. He was kind of already there. Like, that's what he walked off of. I'm just saying that, like, overall, this whole thing, it was, I 100% I believe her. Mm -hmm. I believe her when she's talking about the weird uh, lack of privacy. I believe her when she's talking about, like, kind of gang Prince Harry to wake up like, hey, this is not normal. <laughs> What's happening here? Uh, I I love her like standing up and talking about the the privacy, uh, her feeling to a right of privacy. I loved her talking about how strange it was to literally curtsy in front of the queen when there was no one else around. I, I loved every bit of this. And I'm not someone, I, I asked my husband, I'm like, I don't think, Frank, I've ever had two seconds to you about uh, of conversations with you about the Royals. It's just not something I care about. Don't watch the wedding. Don't give enough. But for this, I mean, it was, I, I found myself walking away really liking her and really appreciating that desire to live a genuine life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, it's very disturbing to, to kind of see British media uh, turning on her and, and the way they've treated her. Yeah. Well, they, they've been terrible to her, Basically, I mean, I, th I think they were kind of nice in the lead up to the like from the engagement and to like the lead up to the wedding. But like from the minute that she got married and even a little bit beforehand, like her, okay, her family is, is like her mom seems great, but like her, her father and her like half siblings are just total like trash bags. And um, the way that they kind of treated her, I think from like that point forward was really malicious and and mm -hmm. it seemed like pointed and it seems like a thing where it, i i think it'd be very difficult for 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 an argument to be made like maybe it is like we need a hero and a villain thing but i i do feel like it is impossible to completely disconnect race and class from it right like they were pretty terrible to kate middleton too but they got better and it was never anything like the sustained kind of abuse that they've thrown at Meghan markle 
Mm -hmm. And which, I mean, look, how much of it is because she's American? How much is because she's an actress? How much of it is because she's, you know, um, a mixed race? I don't know. All of those things, I think, contribute, but they've treated her terribly. And the fact that, like, the interview was just, A, I just want to give Oprah props because Oprah is the best. Like, Oprah is the best. And a lot of, like, capital J journalists like to denigrate Oprah for some reason because it makes them feel good. But it was a reminder to me. It's like she can get anybody to talk. And she's the absolute best. Like, she's nobody is as good as her. Like, she's so good. There's this great moment at the end or like middle end where she she first asks Harry about his relationship with William and like how that is right now. And he kind of hedges. And then she like segues and they talk about Archie and like what words Archie's saying right now. And they all laugh about how he's talking, saying the word hydrate and loves the word hydrate. And then she comes back and it's like, (sighs) no, wait a minute. Tell me about your relationship. And I was like, Damn. Oh, <laughs> no, she's she so really good. she got them comfortable again. She cut the tension and then she she cut the tension right to it. No. And, and then and then she's also like the surrogate for the audience. Like she never forgets that she's the surrogate for the audience. And so when, you know, some like to me, like the, the claim that literally made my jaw drop because I expected a lot of the other stuff. But the claim that like made my jaw drop and that I totally believe was when Megan said that, you know, according to Harry, a person, a member of his family was concerned with how dark Archie's skin might be. Mm-hmm. And and my 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 jaw dropped and I was like, I saw it like in the preview before it even happened. And I was like, holy, you know, expletive. Yeah. And Oprah's response was the exact same as the audience's. And she was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like she didn't let that go. You know, she like kept pulling at that and she does it like in a very methodical way and get, as you said, she gets people comfortable. Like, I don't know. I've, I went through like my own memory of trying to think of my, my favorite Oprah interviews of all time and, I think the James Frey one, when she read him to filth after he was revealed to have made up stuff in his memoir, uh, and Oprah had been like really like chastised for that. And then Oprah turned it around and like just read him to filth. And then everybody like came on and was like praising <sighs> Oprah, which is just the ultimate power move. Like that's that's a great one. Lance Armstrong getting him to like lie, like getting him to confess to all of his lies and whatnot was great. But this was this was really good. I would like to go back and watch those older ones. Uh, I, I think for me, this this is by no means the most egregious example, but for me, one of the things that clinched it um, was just in terms of my like doing follow up reading on this because I, I had been under the impression that Buckingham Palace just didn't respond to any tabloid rumors and Megan had been saying they never defended me when there were rumors about me and I initially like I did have honestly have a reaction of like well yeah but it's the queen <laughs> like his Buckingham right. Palace would they and I found out that yeah they do often in terms of like rumors about Kate or about other members of the royal family they do issue press responses and I was like oh 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 well okay <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. She she should have had a little more support. I think I do have a more cynical, a bit of a more cynical reaction alongside that, though, which is just that I did not appreciate any of what I frankly see as the pageantry around the like the scenes of them feeding the chickens together. Oh, yeah. And, Agreed. Like that, that I rolled my eyes at. Um Oh, totally. And I, uh, yeah, to be totally care- clear, like, that was the stuff that I was like, all right, I'm not paying attention here. I yeah. don't care about this. I just want to hear the dirt. Like, I'm here for the gossip and only the gossip, to <laughs> yeah. be totally honest. And I, I do think I, they did mention this. I think it's notable. Like, he, Oprah has a 
production deal with Prince mm-hmm. Harry. That's of course definitely relevant. And all the questions about like what kind of content they're going to make with Archwell, their uh, production company after this, those also made me roll my eyes. Um, I get that it's kind of like disclosure at the same time that they are making a show together. So it's good that she talked about it and made that explicit but also i just like i i don't want to know about what content you're making i get that that is genuinely (laughs) how you have to make money now because you are in a weird truly in a weird position where like they're not getting support from that institution i think that's fine um and they do like this is a thing that they can do and i do think that they can do good through that however um i i think immediately when, when you're talking to someone as a producer about like what kind of great, <laughs> truthful, uplifting content are you going to be making? Right. They're going to have a, yeah. like, a pat answer to that. That, for me, was the worst part of it because that's the part that can't be honest. It's just no, going to be exactly. business. No, I agreed. I mean, and, and now, who knows? I mean, that might have even been contractual as far as, like, how does she get the interview? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, they're like, yeah. okay, well, we, we need to do this. I'm 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 somewhat sympathetic to them. Not like it. I agree. Like I feel like the 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 attempts to humanize. I'm like, who cares? None of us think that these are regular people. But I, I guess I am sympathetic to at least like their their decisions to make the financial deals they've made. Because yes, I'm quite sympathetic to that. She had to give up her career, and it's not like she can go back. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like she's going to be able to be cast in things and because pe- people will never see her as anything other than Meghan Markle. Right. Like right. her 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 job as an actress. I'm sorry for better or worse is over. Right. It's the same reason Grace Kelly had to retire. Like because I think Grace Kelly would have had an easier time because people loved her so much. But like she married a prince and became a princess, and that was it. And so Meghan Markle can't go back. Harry literally hasn't he can't do anything else. So like, what are you going to do? You have to yeah. just kind of sell your, your name to a certain extent. And if this institution, this is what's kind of tragic to me. You live in this institution, which I, I personally feel like, you know, is, is way past its time and doesn't need to be a thing anymore. And, and all that stuff, but, but you, you know, make these acceptance because this is what I've born into. This is my duty. This does good for, you know, the Commonwealth, blah, blah, blah they cast you out and they're like, we won't fund your security. We won't take care of, you know, um, your privacy. We won't care about your mental health, any of that stuff, but we are going to continue to profit off of you and to continue to let the other parts of the institution profit off of you. You're just not going to get any of the benefits. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is, is, is pretty tragic. That kind of brings it back to what did both of you think about the 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 palace's eventual statement? So if you if you miss this part of it, the palace put out like a, a statement saying, you know, oh, we were we were shocked to hear <laughs> about the extent of this, and and now we're we really want to just deal with this privately um, mm-hmm. as a family. And I I read that, and I I appreciated that they didn't deny it. But at the same time, I 100% believe Harry and Meghan when they say they tried to deal with this internally, they tried to follow the rules, people just were not listening. And I feel like I feel like that bridge has has burned at this point. Oh, totally. I mean, mean, it was very clear to me like that he was most of his anger was a lot. A lot of it was towards his dad. And uh, and, uh, you know, like uh, they wouldn't reveal what, you know, member of the family made the comment about like the color of the skin. It was his father. Like that's that's that was my read on that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like that was my impression. That's what I'm taking out of it. Um, and yeah, I felt like it was good that they said something. I felt like it, and it really proved how powerful this was that it forced them to actually make a, a statement. 
but it also seemed completely like disingenuous. And it's one of those things like, no, you knew and you didn't care, you know, like, and, and you wanted to kind of control things. But what was so interesting to me, and, and it's not like I've even followed all this stuff that closely, but like I watched the wedding, like I went over to somebody's house and we dressed up and it was fun. And, and I, um, I actually interviewed her a million and a half years ago, along with the entire cast of, of Suits when that first came out. So like at a, at a, um, an upfront, like a bajillion years ago. And she, I, I don't, all I remember about her is her being sweet. You know, I, nothing else stands out, but, um, you know, I, I followed some of the stuff, but I'd assumed that some of the decisions that they'd made, like not posing for the perfunctory photo outside the hospital and some of the other things I was like, oh, those were their decisions. And then you hear, you're like, no, we didn't make that decision. That decision was made for us and then not corrected out there, even though it was the institution's decision. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. Even as somebody who was already fairly sympathetic to them, I'd assumed things went a certain way. So I don't know. To me, what, what was more galling, like, I was glad they came out with that statement, but a couple of days earlier, they'd also come out with the statement they're going to investigate the claims that Megan had bullied senior staff. Yeah. Like, they seem yeah. to take that more seriously than the institutional racism happening within their family and within their institution and within, mm-hmm. like, their staff. Then, and the fact that, you know, uh, a, a, a woman was pregnant and suicidal and they didn't care. They and- seem to take the thing as... Oh, you oh yelled I at- read that. I read that as they knew a big scandal was coming out. They had no idea the extent of it, and they were trying to trash her publicly. Oh, totally. Me too. But, but, story. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But it was one of those things where, like, in retrospect, it was one of those things I was like, okay, you know, you care more about the rumor that she might have yelled at a staffer, and who knows if that's true or not. And frankly, if it was, who cares, honestly? I'm not going to call that bullying uh, more than you do, like, the, the fact that you've, like, are institutionally and systemically doing what you can to really make life difficult for these people to even exist. The other thing that shocked me as I was reading Constance Grady's follow-up coverage was that Prince Andrew, friend of Uh Jeffrey Epstein, Uh is still, he's a retired member of the royal family, but still financially supported and still gets security and still has his title. Yeah, because he's he's the queen's favorite. Yeah, and still good. Yes, as as we know from the crown. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and that again, like, it just doesn't hold water. That again, I I think the whole institution. Uh, 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 no one should be having that money or security. However, to take it away, like so conditionally on this case when it's like, okay, clearly it's still needed and also you're protecting exactly. your sex predator well, son. Well, well, I was going to say, I mean, it was one of those things. It's like, okay, you're not gonna, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's like, you're, you're going to let that guy and, and his, his children, his ex-wife, like whatnot. And that's fine. You know, you're going to let them like continue to have, you know, or maybe Fergie, Fergie probably doesn't get it, but like, you know, but Andrew does, you're going to let him continue to have this protection. But the people who, because, you know, Megan made a point. She was like, they have holiday parties at the palace for the press. Like, it's not as if these two groups are disconnected. They have a symbiotic relationship with one another. And so it's like, okay, on the one hand, you're going to let the people trash her and have the paparazzi really be invasive in their lives, whether they're working or not, and not care. But you're going to be like, yeah, we're not going to give you security. We're not going to give him a title. We're not going to let you have anything. It's like, okay, but yet you are going to profit off of it. Even now, like, we're talking about the royal family. They're profiting off of this. Yeah. 
I say abolish the whole thing. Agreed. Uh, it's embarrassing. They are cosplaying their ancestors. It's weird. Just get rid of it all. Uh, it is embarrassing in a modern time to be a country with a monarchy, in my opinion. There are more than I thought there were. When I when I mm-hmm. was watching The Crown, you know, a part of watching The Crown is Googling, Googling. people's yes. names, uh, whether <laughs> totally that's a agree. British actor who you don't recognize or whether it's the character they're playing. And I kept right. coming across like other European countries that I did not realize still had their monarchies. And I was like, huh. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this episode of Rocket is over, y'all. Uh, Brianna, what are you doing this week? I'm I'm enjoying my sweet new gamer PC. Yay! Oh my god, it is so great. I am I I am every single second I can. I'm going downstairs into my office and uh and doing it. Uh, it's like Final Fantasy 14 is better. Cyberpunk is better. I've rebeaten Code Vein, which is uh automated Dark Souls. Uh, I just I freaking love this thing. It is the best money I've ever spent, and this is this is before I get Unreal. So okay. uh, thank you, Christina, for making Yay. me. Uh, I was hoping we can get an update on a uh, rose gold gear, like your your ultimate computer that you're building. Have you have you done that yet? Yeah, it's almost completely done. So it'll be done by next episode. I've just right. it, I, right. I had just like long weekend. I was just sleeping from ignite, oh, but yeah, God. I, I yeah. literally nice. just have like two other things to to do with it, and then I'm done. So I'm Can't very wait. excited. Can't wait. All right, Christina, what are you doing? I guess you're <laughs> finishing your computer, but what else? I'm finishing my computer, which is, which is going to be the very exciting thing. Very excited about that. Um, it just, yeah, I've been doing some stuff uh, with, with work. I was playing with that books tablet, which is fun, and watching a lot of trash television again. Mm-hmm. Like, basically what our episode was, right? Like, watching yeah. trash television, doing a little bit of work, reviewing tech products. Uh, well, this week I went off the deep end. <laughs> so I swore after I got my um, Philips Hue like overhead light for my room and the LED strip behind my bed, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to do more of this, but I'm going to wait because like it's ski season. I'm a gamer. I'm spending all this money on skiing and um, being in a pandemic. So I'm just going to chill out for a little bit and think about things. And then somehow... This last week, is I snapped, and I found myself on Best Buy and Home Depot, and I bought uh, an, two LED strips for my kitchen to go on yes. the underside of shelves on my baker's Yay. rack. And then I bought for two you. Philips Hue Playlights for behind my TV. <laughs> and so-, so twice this week, twice this week, my poor roommate has been like in her room and then has come out of her room to find that I've installed a new lighting setup somewhere in our house <laughs> without indicating that that's what I was doing. Um, so we, we live an exciting life. Um, yeah, your question. I really identify with this, by the way. I do so too. Christina, when you put together my computer build, you didn't really talk about like the lighting that much. And the problem is the Razer keyboard slash mm-hmm. mouse slash speakers slash charging dock slash, you know, mouse fat, all that stuff. It glows one color and you can't sync it up with the fans. So right. I bought the, I bought a Razer addressable RGB uh, control box for nice. it, uh, mounted on the inside. And then once I did that. I'm like, 
well, I've already got this box to control the addressable RGB header. And now, do you know when you go to Vegas and you're driving around, like, the stuff is so bright that you can't help but just <laughs> stare at it? Yeah. Like, my entire computer is just like, it's like blinding you. It's like purple, <laughs> red, blue. It's like even with the lights on, like across the room, it's like illuminating the whole office in the the computer stuff. Oh, so man. I'm making tacky bad decisions. So Simone, I really understand what you're talking about when the LED strips go too far. It's, uh, I get that. I have no regrets. Is it weird and wild? Yes. Do I like to be able to change? Do I like to be able to turn my kitchen blood red? Yes. Yes. It's great. Um, I love it. So I'm wondering if you guys have any other recommendations. I, I was considering more LED strips because I have a bookshelf in the mm-hmm. living room that could use some Ooh, ambient lighting. Nice. But then I was also thinking how nice it might be to have like a a floor light, not a standing floor light, but like a, a little spotlight that I could move around. Um, I don't know. What do y'all think? And you're you're and you're in the Hue ecosystem, right? I live in that place. The strip lights are yes. not Hue, uh, however, the everything else is. Okay. I mean, I like the idea of having more um like accents on your bookshelves, but I also like that like the like the ambient lighting idea, like the like a lamp. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be useful for recording videos too. That's exactly like how I felt about light. the play lights, Brie, because those like they you they have they come with two stands that you can attach them to. Uh one that is like more vertical and one where they're kind of like resting in a cradle. Um, and they both plug into the same power source, and it is that like annoyingly large brick that Hugh mm-hmm. has, which I've complained about before. However, very easy to move and I only need to plug it into one I only need to use one outlet for it which is great right. um, so I'm definitely going to be using those in my videos and I think you're you're totally right having like a, a spotlight that I could turn to a more of a white color would be great mm-hmm. for that as well I do want to briefly mention I know we're over time but um no you're fine the LEDs that I got for the kitchen were commercial electric and that's just like Home Depot's I think it's their like generic lighting brand. Um, however, I am really enjoying them. I, I had a bit of a weird time installing them, but uh, the thing that I love about them is this was two strips, two 24 inch strips. They're supposed to go on the back of your TV. I didn't do that, obviously. It's fine, but they come with an extension cord. So with the the Philips Hue light oh, strip nice. that I got, I had to trim that down. And then mm-hmm. the other, the like part that I cut off is just useless and I have to throw it away. This was two strips that I could either connect directly to each other to create one long, long strip. Or like I did, I stuck two strips to the shelves and connected them with this longer extension that uh, attaches in the same way. And that was just like, so, it's so nice. And it makes so much sense and it feels... I don't know. It, it made the setup really easy. Uh, the part that challenged me was that apparently if you uh, attach the extension upside down, uh, one of my light strips was like only it was always changing to the opposite color. So like if my if strip A was green, strip B turned red. And I was like, why is this happening? But then I just flipped the cord around and it, it started working fine, which I don't understand. But it is what it is. Anyway, it works fine now. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, so if you are looking for a cheaper solution, a light strip solution, this was like $24 at Home Depot. 
Um, and I have no complaints about it so far. Uh, I've only been using it for a couple days. However, installation, easy. The sticky stuff, great. The extension cord, wonderful. So, yes. Nice. Now, Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And Brianna? Uh, you can find me at Brianna Wu on Twitter. If you want to support uh, Rebellion Pack, you can do that at helptherebellion.com. Uh, we're recording this tonight. We passed a pretty big uh, uh, pandemic relief bill. Very good stuff in there. Uh, but, you know, there's still work to do, particularly with the $15 minimum wage. So yep. getting to work on that. Yep. Yeah, you can do that at helptherebellion.com. Thank you. You can find me uh, drinking water immediately after this podcast because I forgot to fill up my glass and my mouth is <laughs> turning into the desert. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash polygon <laughs> and on Twitter and Instagram as Doom Quasar. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. Please do consider reviewing it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, sharing it with a friend so that they can yell at us about our hot takes. Thank you. And this episode is terminated. 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 <laughs>